This is Mike. And this is Drew. Welcome to the Mike and Drew at Mountain View podcast. It is January 15th, 2023. And for episode seven, we want to know, is social media helping or harming us? Specifically, in this podcast, we're going to focus on social media consumption. Our special guest with us today is our friend and IT specialist, Brady Boone. That's right. And you have a YouTube channel, which is called? Brady Boone. Wow, that was uh, just one more time. That was Brady Boone. Wow, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> it took a lot of thought to come up we, with that name, but. Well, it's like my email, you know. Well, I'm, wait, I'm not going to give my email over this podcast. It's podcast.mvcc6mile.org. Thank you. That's the one I meant. So let's, uh, we talked about uh, content creation in the last podcast. If you missed episode six, I'd encourage you to go listen to that first because it will fill in some of the blanks here. But let's focus on consumption. And this is a little more personal. The last one was kind of fun, but we're, we got, this is like a confession booth podcast. All right. So I figured since we're talking about social media consumption, I just pull up my screen time for the week. I'm just going to read it off because we're being, we're being out in the open here. My daily average screen time was three hours and 51 minutes. YouTube, uh, seven hours and 18 minutes I spent on YouTube this week. I spent four hours and four minutes on Facebook this week and two hours and 35 minutes on Snapchat this week. Now, part of this is that I, part of my other job, I work from home. I can watch YouTube videos while I'm sitting at home and I use my phone a lot for my job. So that three hours and 51 minutes, I'm getting paid for a lot of that. So it's different. But this is alarming that I spent almost eight hours on YouTube this week. Who's right. up? <laughs> we're, we're all Who's sharing next? today. Yeah, so mine's 2.75 hours a day. And for me, I'm either using Facebook, because I'm old, uh-huh. or I'm using YouTube, which includes uh, YouTube on the Xbox One in the living room to watch. Uh, we even rent movies on that at this point. Oh, so yeah. I forgot about it's that. Excuse, well, we, we rent a lot of episodes and yeah. movies through YouTube. But I would say at this point, those are my two, YouTube and Facebook. My top three are, well, my screen time for the week was average of three and a half hours per day. I got you beat. Top, you did. Congratulations. <laughs> top was YouTube for five hours and 28 minutes. Next was messages, texting, three hours and uh, 40 minutes. And then third was Instagram, three hours and 10 minutes. And I don't have the time on my messages, but I, I know at this point I average close to 20 or 25 text messages a day. Yeah. And some of that is ministry with this church. Some of that's family issues going on back mm-hmm. in Kansas. Uh, and some of that is past churches and follow-up questions. So I don't even know what I spend on messages. Yeah. I just know I would like to reduce my time on the phone. Yeah, with, with I agree. <laughs> do, you, do you ever pay per text message on your phone plan? How old do you think I am? I don't know. I, I think I did. Yes, with Sprint, I did at one yeah. point. I had a maximum number I could use, and I never reached that maximum number because I didn't have many friends. Let's keep this conversation oh. going. <laughs> I, would give, um, I would give Verizon a shout-out, but there's, I don't have any service at Mountain View, so I can't. I don't I can't think really... anyone does out here. Well, this is the valley of the shadow of cell phone reception death. That's, yeah. Yeah. If, we're, if we're here, we're on Wi-Fi calling. That's right. Well, uh, okay, but so let's talk about the, with this consumption. We've been personal now, so we you guys have heard our confession. So uh, let's uh, let's get more big picture. So let's talk about 
Uh, what you shared some stats earlier, Drew? Uh, go over some of those numbers because you were pulling out have them anymore. some. If you don't, that's fine. But you had some really large numbers for specific social media content, and you've mentioned Snapchat, Instagram. Some of these I don't use, but they are uh, very relevant and very popular. So if you have those specific numbers, we can go over them. If not, we can keep on rolling. As of 2021, Facebook is the largest social media platform globally with 2.85 billion monthly active users worldwide. YouTube follows with 2.2 billion. Then, uh, WhatsApp, Instagram, Facebook messenger, and WeChat all having over a billion users. I don't know what WeChat is. Do you know what that is? I do not. WeChat. But it's like the Nintendo console. No, like W E. I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) so this is not something that's going away anytime soon. Right. Very obvious. I mean, two point eight five billion is like I don't know how many what percentage of the world that is, but it's like up there, isn't it? Like twenty five percent or something like that. What's the world population? Eight something? Or are we um we're still at seven? We almost at eight. World can't remember. Population. Hold on. Oh, well, you're looking at 7.888 billion. Okay, I knew, we're, I knew we were, we're close. 7.88 billion. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you this I remember as far as consuming social media, when I was in Israel in 2014, I had just purchased my first smartphone because I was going to be traveling internationally. Mm-hmm. So I took this smartphone. Speaking of internationally, did we not just discover that this podcast you're listening to right now? has an international audience. Yes, yeah, someone from Germany was listening in. So that's pretty cool. So we now if, have, if you're listening from Germany, hi. Um do we know how to say hi in German? I didn't take German. I, I don't know. I mean Gesundheit. I excuse you. That's all I know. <laughs> all right, we're gonna keep going on. But when I was in Israel, there were Bedouin shepherds out there, right? They have their flocks and they're roaming around these modern cities with mm-hmm. tents and camels and they're they're living like not old days but ancient days. And they have solar chargers for their smartphones they're holding on their camels. And when I asked our tour guide, I said, so what are they looking at on those phones? Because do all their friends have phone numbers? They said, no, they are their small computers. They are watching videos on those things and instructional videos. And so even Bedouin shepherds using solar chargers in the wow. middle of Israel are that's watching cool. content. That that's, cool. that's awesome. That's cool. <laughs> So yeah, social media is not going away. It's actually growing. Um, I would imagine uh, two point whatever it was, two point eight five is low for what Mark Zuckerberg wants for Facebook. Um, I'm sure he's continually wanting to grow. Um, and so and take over. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm sorry. So I think in to that point, they're designing it to be more. And more and more addictive. I mean, we talked a little bit in the last episode. TikTok, crazy addictive. The algorithm's crazy. And, and it and, never and ends. You just keep swiping yeah, and so, you keep and watching exactly the video. What you want I was going to say, yeah, keep talking to me a little bit like I don't know much about it. I've seen TikTok videos, for example, posted to Facebook. Sure. And it's like an instructional something. But I'm not, I've never been, I don't have a TikTok account. I don't plan on getting one. I've not been immersed in that world. Was For Facebook, I could say the addiction is affirmation that you get yeah. likes, things like that. What is the addiction of TikTok? What keeps you coming back? Do you uh, want to cover it? I, you said you deleted it just recently. I deleted yeah. it back in 2020. But I remember you just scrolled, you just open the app on your phone and it instantly pops up with a video. 
Yeah, there's not even like a, all right, click to get started. You just open the phone and there's a There's video a page. Playing. The page is called For You and it just has an endless loop yeah, of so videos you, for you. You like a video and it's like, oh, the algorithm think, thinks, oh, they like this kind of content and so more of that comes up. So for even older school, I'm still, you guys asked if I had Spotify. I said, I've still got Pandora. <laughs> I am stuck in the late 90s. And that is, it was from the late 90s, right? I don't know. I, anyway, I used Pandora in like 08. Stop it. So I, what I liked about that, and I still use it to this day, uh-huh. is because you select your songs and it gets the idea what you like. And it right. gives you, and so that's what you TikTok teach it. does for little videos. And the videos are 30 seconds or less, basically. Um, there's some, they've, they've started to make them longer, like up to three minutes, I think. Okay. But a lot of times the joke's like 10 minutes, and it, or 10 minutes, 10 seconds. And, and you, you laugh swipe, and then you do the next right one. Next the next one. Wow. And so honestly, like me and my wife, we used to have TikTok time. So we'd, we'd be watching TikTok throughout the day and then we'd we'd swap phones and, you know, we'd watch, oh, these are the ones you liked. Oh, that's really funny. And so, and we noticed that a lot of our, our For You pages were the same. So we'd watch the same kind of videos. But it's it's scary because it, it never ends. And so you're like, ah, I got to end on a good one. And so you keep swiping. And then you're there but, for another hour. Right. Hour and, and a like, half. Oh, I really need to get to bed. Well, one more. And it's like, it... It's scary. It was just taking taking too much time, so I just got rid of it. And yeah. So on YouTube, I, what got me wasn't so much will the next one be better as much as it would launch when I'm on YouTube and I'm just surfing mm-hmm. on a specific topic. It launches me into another question, and so I watch something and I go, "Oh, that vehicle did really well in that Russian car crash video." So I look at the Kelly Blue Book review of that car, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, what mods could you do? And then all of a sudden, yeah. I've launched into a, a learning, an educational rabbit trail that is really trivial and not important. But uh, let, uh, let's talk yeah. about this in the context of the church for a minute, because we're talking about um, content consumption, and churches were streaming services more than ever during the lockdowns, and some continued that, some only carried on on an as-needs basis, some began live streaming, others like our church right now, we record in Brady, uh, post content at another time, mm-hmm. and uh, I know while I was serving under Dr. Chris Beard down at Christ Covenant Church in Beaumont, Texas, shout out to Christ Covenant Church, Corey Miller's currently serving as the minister there. Uh, during the first wave of lockdowns, we just we did just shut down the entire building, but we did a live streaming podcast where I, I I'm sorry live streaming service except the worship team recorded their own time in their own way. Then I came on as the preacher to I sat basically in a chair behind a desk on a stage with a bookcase behind me. So we made a set yeah, yeah, that on it looked stage. like a. And they had a television screen so I could do live interaction with YouTube and Facebook comments. So I would say, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream out there while we get started? And, you know, all these flavors, I can comment a little bit, hey, you know, Joe, it's good to see you from Michigan joining us or whatever. There was a little bit of interaction. That's kind of cool. So it didn't run the whole service. Yeah. But you can still see it on their YouTube page. It didn't run the whole service, but it was a way to connect people. Because I Uh said, "We we can't shake hands or interact right now at this church. Whether I agree with their policies or not at the time is irrelevant. What did matter was that live streaming gave us a way to share, hey, be praying for me. My mom's in the hospital. Comment. I said, all right, you know, Julie, we'll be praying for you guys. It gave me some live interaction that everybody could hear, and it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's really awesome. I wish I would have thought of that in 2020. Everybody was thinking of everything, I think. And yeah, so- there was a lot of—the uh, the crisis forced us to adapt. 
you know, and it, I mean, I learned a lot about live streaming in 2020. I was a church intern and they were like, you're a young guy. Help us out with our cameras and stuff. And I was like, I'll do my best. And it took a long time for me to finally figure it out. But then I did. And I was like, oh, wow. Like I built that. And they're still using it to this day. I visit. That's my parents' home church now. So I go visit and like, and see, hey, you still using, you know, this setup? And they're like, yep, you, you set it up for us. We even changed the thing. Well, and that's neat because that's something we had discussed. And at this point, I just don't think we're in a place to justify putting that kind of work into live streaming I at agree. Mountain View. Yeah, yeah for, a, for a church our size where we can still check on our folks. Yeah. We can still make sure they feel included. Uh, but I think we may have also dodged a bullet here as a small church because in an article from March 22nd of 2022, uh, Kate Shelnut wrote an article for Christianity Today entitled, Americans Return to Church has plateaued. All right, so we're talking about consumption, and -hmm. here's what happens. In this article, she states, the number of Americans overall who have attended or tuned into a church service exceeds those who say they're regular churchgoers. While overall reach has expanded, there's a segment of Christians who used to belong to a church community who aren't engaging at all anymore. And here it is. Here's the scary part. I think here's one of the bullets we may have dodged. 12% 12% of formerly regular church uh, 12% of formerly regular churchgoers say they're not attending in person or watching online who were watching online to begin with. And so you've got mm-hmm. those who decided my new normal will be watching church from home, which Brady, I don't think we had that here. Mm-mm. We had a had a CD that we'd give out and then when we did do videos, like you said, for winter weather events or whatever, we would see our numbers spike yeah. and then drop down to this, uh, you know, average of shut-ins. But I don't think that I'm aware of. We've not had anybody from this church opt to just do online strictly services. Just like people that can come in that strictly just say, hey, I just want to watch the YouTube video. I don't feel like coming in person. Right. You can stay in your PJs. Stay in I your- call it Bedside Baptist. I can't believe you guys have never heard of that. No, I, I, I maybe so, because we we don't work at Baptist churches. I don't know. I, so bedside Baptist is where you stay in bed and watch church online. Okay, I've heard it's, of, it's bedside, so you you pull up your phone, whatever. I've heard of back row Baptist, but I've also seen that's also ba- not great at a, at any church I've been to. It's not just a Baptist thing, but that's what we saw. So some folks said, "Hey, this is nice." Not just oh, we have to do this, but I really like this. Yeah. And then they slipped out of normal fellowship, and then they can find bigger churches that maybe have weaker doctrines. And I know there's big churches with good doctrine. You know, bigger churches with better preachers. Well, more sure. enthusiastic and you know, charismatic preachers. I, I, I would preachers. agree. More talent, preachers yeah. with more talent and outreach. And they go, they also have a better production team. Right, and it looks better. And Yeah, and I'm not mad at that. I My concern is it usually connects them to a church that's not anywhere in their area. Right. And not not right. dealing with needs in their town, mm-hmm. in their city. So, And you can uh, pause and go get a snack, and it's like, that's not really what church is about. You can't, you shouldn't, like, worship with a snack in your lap, you know? Oh. <laughs> I mean, you can. There's there's time. ways to do that. But in in terms of, like, communal yes. koinonia, if you will, Ooh, he's busting um, out those Greek words. Good. Yeah, the the Greek uh, koinonia means fellowship, right? Communal kind of thing. Um, and that can't be replaced or substituted virtually. It what, can't because that it it kind of works, but it's at some point you need 
face-to-face interaction. We talked about that with the last episode. Yeah, again, if you didn't hear episode six, you need to go back to uh, the the place where you pulled this podcast from, and I would encourage you to listen to that because we cover the other half of this topic of uh, what we put out there. Uh, and if you go to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 through 32, and, and we talk about what we are um, consuming, what we're consuming and taking in, uh, it, it's going to affect it's going to affect our relationship with God. And we could take, we could talk about um, uh, content that uh, generates or is connected to lust or greed or Mm. covetousness, whatever you want to throw in there. Uh, Part of the damage that social media can do in consumption is we're ingesting things in the pursuit of being entertained or being affirmed. We start ingesting things that are going to cause issues in our relationship with God. Ephesians Chapter 4, verse, uh, starting in verse 29, says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. All right, that can apply to the creation of content. But then it goes on to say, But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who, and here it is, listen. So this is us taking in and consuming content. And it moves on. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you're sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. So in our consumption of social media or any content, we want to make sure it does not damage our relationship with God. Yeah, like I said with the last in the last episode, it's a great, wonderful tool but it's important to use it positively and also in moderation. Yeah, absolutely. I had a Bible verse I wanted to say. Um, Jesus is talking to his disciples in Matthew 15, verse 17. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. So this idea of consuming, like actual consumption, yeah. Yeah. he's comparing it to like eating food, but you're also, you know, taking in content mm. and um, I lost my train of thought, you know, these evil things that might be on TV um, or you can take in, you know, the word of God, the Bible, you know, it's, it's all about like what you're reading, what you're watching. And, and we're responsible for that. Yeah, it, it's not up to the algorithm to to decide what we watch. It it really is up to us. And that's that's a huge point because even on a platform like YouTube, it'll suggest the next video. And if I'm just listening to music, well, you know, I might let the songs play, and then uh, when I click on the history to find a song again, well, it's well, it's a music video, and it might not be the greatest. Mu- so I'm sure, not going to click yeah. on that. You know, I'm like, no, I have I've got a choice to make there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but or if. I am watching a, a video of, say, you know, uh, again, back to car chases. I'm not that I'm obsessed with this kind of thing, but car chases and car crashes. And then oh. it suggests uh, something that has very violent content. And yeah. I'm watching something with kids or whatever. Well, I've got to make a decision. Do I let this platform tell me what I'm going to see or when I'm scrolling through Facebook versus looking up someone I'm wanting to check on a family member, see how they're doing? Or do I just sit there and scroll and let Facebook tell me? Yep. what's coming up on my page, or am I going to look at my time and say, I'm going to take 10 minutes to check on some folks and family members and former church people and see how everybody's doing, yeah. or, or weather pages or whatever. So it's just, we are responsible for what we consume. Any thoughts, Brady? Sounds great. 
Yeah. That's about it for me. Do you have anything else? I I think, of course, we could go down this rabbit trail. I don't think today's the time, but comment sections. Oh, yeah. We can we, talk about the comment section We can talk day. about comment sections all day because you can have good content that is wholesome and pure and godly and everything lines up, and then you're going to get trolls on those comment this sections. This is stupid. <laughs> Even had some of those on the on the church YouTube channel, too. I know. Right. Really? I didn't know that. Back at the beginning. Yeah. Yes. And those were not great links. No, they were not. They were uh, not great links, especially for a family to watch in a living room on a television. Uh, anyway. And the account's profile picture, too, wasn't yeah wasn't the greatest but you can go in and like delete those oh, right? yeah yeah okay. but it's just evidence that even though we try to ingest or create things that are good there's the world's still going to find a way to sneak in and try and mess yep. that up so we got to yeah. be vigilant be yeah. on guard don't be scared of it just be be on guard be present and with the comment section you don't you're not defining your content or your value in a comment section as an individual or as a church yeah and i think it's important that we think about that as we are creating this podcast we're not doing it i mean we hardly have any comments we hardly have that many viewers but we're not doing it for the viewers we're doing it because we believe that it's beneficial for those who do view it right yeah so we we are praying that people are blessed through this podcast but we we are not sitting around necessarily waiting on feedback at this point we are at peace with what we're putting out there and Mm -hmm. we prepare well enough to know this is truth as much as yeah. we know it. And if you do have feedback, you can yes. email us at podcast at mvcc6mile.org. That's the the number six. That's right. Numeric six there. This has been Mike. And Drew. At Mountain View with Brady. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Mike and Drew at Mountain View podcast. And as Drew just shared, you can email us at podcast at mvcc6mile.org. And please share this content with your friends and family. And wear a seatbelt.